RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. We are at RPG LL Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, RPGLLPodcast at gmail.com, and check us out online at RPGLessonsLearned.com. Hi, welcome to RPG Lessons Learned, the show where you can learn from our mistakes. And with me again is Tanner. Hello, it's been ages since we've spoken. So, so long. Behind the scenes fun fact, we're recording this episode mere minutes after the last one. So, in our journey of one-shots, we started with Scarlet Heroes. But coming off Scarlet Heroes, we were like, hey, we should do a one-page system next. And you had one in mind that you were really interested in. Yeah, so this game is called Bloodstone. Um, we're gonna link the uh, the the author and uh, the the page on itch uh, for this game. But um, if if you've played the hit video game um, Bloodborne or uh, any of the Dark Souls games, it's basically that with the numbers filed off. But this game wasn't a huge hit for for either of us. I don't think that the game is bad, but I think we're gonna have we're gonna talk negatively about our experience playing it. But I think one of the major misses was that I was a big Bloodborne fan, but you, Dusty, were not. I think the last game you played was probably Ultima Two on an Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I play older games. I think prop the last AAA title that I beat was assassin's creed 3 oh bad one to go out on oh i i enjoyed it i loved it oh we're gonna have to have a, a hidden sub episode debating assassin's creed 3 <laughs> <laughs> we should i i enjoyed connor but yeah that's like the last triple a title and then boom i had i, I married boom i've got a kid boom my career kind of takes off and i go from being an individual contributor to to like managing um processes and teams and people and suddenly video gaming wasn't a thing so yeah i i completely missed bloodborne i've completely missed the dark souls stuff i didn't have that that context for this game yeah and i'm wondering if you walked into it with that if it would have changed your opinion even by 10 percent, you know but um the the appeal of this game that i think is really cool and i still think is really cool is that the game rules come in two pamphlets like literally like a brochure pamphlet. Um, one is for the players and one is for the GM and everything is written. And it, I props to the design of this. It's awesome. Cause like you unfold it and the way the hierarchy of information presented is good. And you can doodle on these and um, like, you can keep track of everything you need. It's your character sheet too. big thumbs up to that. I love, love, love. I know this isn't the first game to do it, but I love that people are experimenting with, the format of what an rpg is you know whether it's a a a note card rpg that you keep in your wallet whether it's a 400 page hardcover book like is traditional or whatever but that's what uh, approached me to this and i said you know what like i am so much more confident in my ability to grok a system when it's a pamphlet and then i was kind of wrong <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i'm i'm with you man like the idea of a one-page system okay. i'd fallen in love with it you know before actually trying it i've fallen in love with the idea and to me design is about it is more about what you don't do versus what you do and i look at some of the like i've got a large collection of rpgs that i've acquired you know largely secondhand um but i look at some of the thicker books and it almost feels overindulgent to me like, I've got to read 500 pages to learn how to play your game. Like, oh, 
and a one-page system feels like it packs all the fun into a little package, which seems so appealing. Yeah, and I think it is for lots of games. I've played lots of one-page systems, and we we have another one coming up in a couple sessions that was also sort of a mixed success. But for this one, just just for context, if you don't know anything about Bloodborne or whatever, it is a mix between gothic horror and Lovecraftian horror in a very interesting way. Um, and this Bloodstone game tries to emulate that, where it's a setting that's very quasi-medieval Renaissance, maybe Victorian London, but it's it's dark, it's bloody, it's um it's like the coolest like 90s horror movie maybe that you've ever seen, but mixed in with some really interesting Lovecraftian stuff. If you've ever seen the poster of Brotherhood of the Wolf, that excellent, terrible movie, you've, you've got you've got the vibe of Bloodborne right there. And Dusty, I mean, you kind of, I, I guess I want to ask you going into that, like what were your expectations about the setting just going into this? I, back to me being an older gamer, tied it back to Castlevania. Yes. And I think that's a good, that's a, that's a very smart, Bloodborne is like the coolest modern Castlevania game where it's it's horror action, right? And that's what I was I was looking for cast and, and I so many of the problems I can't answer your question without jumping a little bit ahead in our notes. Some of the problems I made poor choices building my character. And even though before we played, when I read it, you warned me, you were like, Hey, if you haven't played Bloodborne, you're probably not gonna you're not gonna get this. But when I looked at it, I was like, okay, well, it's it's Castlevania. I get that. But despite the fact that I recognized that it was Castlevania, I chose to build a character that was a noble scion, and I chose the one thing that it, you know, there's a, there's a what do you remember, and you can pick one of three options, and I chose the one option that gives you one out of three points in prowess and fighting. It was the only option that gave me two wit. Yeah, and I thought in a one-on-one game because this game is advertised as like two to five players. Yes, yeah, I want to throw out a big caveat that I think a lot of our issues with this game, maybe not a lot at all, but like this game is not advertised as a one-on-one game. So I was trying to hack to make it work, and I think that the wheels fell off a little bit, and that is not the system's fault. Yeah, I walked into a Castlevania game having knowingly selected completely combat ineffective characters and i expected to have a good time and that's on me yeah um one other question i had for you this is my first time playing or even running i should say a forged in the dark game which is based on the blades in the dark system which is pretty popular it's sort of an evolution of the powered by the apocalypse games i won't get into it because i don't fully still don't like totally understand it but did you have any expectations going to this game knowing that the system was kind of built around that i own a copy of blades in the dark and i also own a copy of the sci-fi game that is uh the evolution of 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 blades in the dark where you can kind of sort of play firefly scum and villainy i think scum and villainy that's it yep yeah and uh with a one-page system, I thought, this will be great. I can get some exposure to these two games that I own but haven't played yet because I'm really bad to buy books and then not play them. Yeah. I thought it would it would give me kind of a leg up in that. So I, I didn't have too many expectations walking in except for I hoped I would walk out with a really good grasp of the, the, the Forged in the Dark system. Yeah. I didn't achieve that. 
<laughs> I don't think I did either. And, and I mean, like, w- it, none of it really stuck with me. I mean, I understand the sort of um, the basics, the idea that the whenever you're rolling an action, you're considering the position that you're in as a character and then the effect that you will have on whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And that's kind of what the whole game is based around. But like many narrative games, it's kind of hard to adjudicate that and to make that clear, especially in a one-on-one game when we might not be um, imagining the same fiction. And that's probably just a weakness of me as a GM, not being in in practice or uh, experienced with this sort of thing. But I really did find it um, a struggle. And like I said, I don't think that that's on this game. It's also like kind of the mindset I was going into it with where I was like trying to fit this very square peg into a round hole, you know. In our show notes, I mentioned something that you kind of pushed back on that I'm very interested in. My perception was that there were a lot of little mechanics and doohickeys and doodads for the player to engage with. Like you were you could choose to spend blood to um, increase the effect of your weapon. You were, you could choose to spend silver bullets. You could choose to reload. You could choose to go back to the hunter's dream to kind of level up once per session. It seemed like there were a lot of little bells and whistles and buttons and levers for the player to pull mechanically that I thought would be engaging, but um, you didn't, uh, you didn't share that idea. So as a as a 40, 40 something, I think people assume that I played D and D like in the, the golden days of D and D in the eighties, and I really didn't. I yeah. got into D and D with fourth edition, and in fourth edition, you also had lots of fiddly bits, lots of powers on lots of cards. But the thing about fourth edition, and and I loved it, and I would I would play it again. I wouldn't run it again, but I would play it again. I'm not trying to hate on fourth edition. I am also about, a fourth edition defender for the, for the yes, record. but the thing that fourth edition doesn't do well is yeah, you've got a lot of cards, but there's usually only one that's appropriate to the situation. Yeah. And yes, this game has a lot of fiddly bits that you can choose to do, but it's usually pretty clear which one you... It, it's like an NES game. Mm-hmm. It's like Castlevania. There's a, <laughs> you got, you've got the holy water and the axes, the boomerangs and, and the whip and the jumping, and you have kind of a lot of tools at your disposal, but the way Castlevania is laid out, there's a specific jump and a specific action, and you got to throw the holy water looking for the secret path. Like, yeah, there's kind of a lot of stuff you can do, but only one right thing you can do is what it felt like to me. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> one thing about like sort of tactical decisions like that, I'm wondering if that's a consequence of playing one on one as well, because your example, fourth edition D and D. You know, I think that game shines when you're like, oh, I can use this move and I can push this guy. Then that would put him in range of your fireball. And then you can use that and then he'll be bad at the save. So uh, the ranger can do this thing on him. And that's, I think, where the game kind of comes together. And that's where uh, a board game like Gloomhaven is really um, strong, too. So I'm wondering if it's because you had no one to tactically connive with <laughs> scheme with maybe that maybe those options didn't feel as um as present or as uh, interesting the reason i think it demanded other players wasn't the the, the tactics because there's not a ton of like like positioning and tactics there's no positioning in fact um the reason i think this needed other players was the countdown clock went by so fast this game is dependent on like three other players acting in the same turn we should be doing three times as much damage to the monsters before the ticks on the clock go by and there's no way i'm going to make it in time 
Yeah, so just to, just to provide some context mechanically, the game has uh, a mechanic where basically um, on a failure roll as a consequence, you can advance the clock, and when the clock hits midnight, the big bad appears and he tries to kill you. Um, spoiler alert, we didn't get that far even. But <laughs> the threat of a clock is even just as powerful as the clock. You're right. So, But what you were saying is that, you know, you only having one action to make to try to affect the world or overcome an obstacle or kill a bad guy. You know, if I impose a clock advancement on that, that feels so much more harsh because you had one chance to do anything rather than the whole party having a chance to, to do something. Right. And your, um, your thing about decision-making, if we want to talk about sort of macro structure, this is, it, I didn't actually think of this, but this is actually like another interesting thing, kind of what we talked about last time with dungeon design. The game tells you to basically make a flow chart of five to six locations and to connect them um, secretly or non-secretly. So I, I, I've shared my notes with Dusty since we've played. So like once you were at the Abbot's Wharf, you could either go through the Potter's Shop to the Kiln or you could go up the steps to the Tower of Ash. Those were your two choices, right? And you didn't really have intel on which one was necessarily optimal or better or would get you closer to your goal, which I think is maybe a weakness. But on the other hand, I can see people defending this and saying, well, Bloodborne, the video game, is confusing. It's disorienting. It's, uh, you know, it's meant to be sort of um, opaque and impenetrable. But in Bloodborne, if you die five times, it's not a game over, right? You can try and try as much as you want. So I don't know. Did you feel like that when it came to the actual structure of the scenario as well? I had this misapprehension or misunderstanding that the tower was going to be the place where the big bad was. Because when we started in the garden outside the gate, yep. I could see the tower in the distance. And when you said you could see the tower in the distance, I'm like, oh, okay, that's where I'm going. <laughs> that's a, yeah and in my head i was like okay like, like like castlevania you see that you see castle dracula in the background in that first stage you know where you're going through the graveyard and that's where i was expecting to go and when i got to the abbot's wharf and i had the cho the choices and i think i did ultimately go with the killing because i thought it would take me into the tower yeah and then when i finally died and it was like oh uh, fun fact dusty you were less than halfway through it was like oh yeah yeah, and that's not a noise you want your player to say when you accidentally TPK them, right? And I get the Bloodborne's hard, and I, I mean, Castlevania was hard back in the day. Those stupid Medusas going in a sine wave, unpredictable, yes. a completely outside the ability of the human brain to calculate where to jump. And there, there's a point of difficulty, though. They talk about this in video games, where if diff you, you, you ramp up the difficulty slowly throughout the game, so that if you start on the last level, you're screwed. Right. But if you work your way through and you build up your skills and you build this, it, 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 there's a ramp up where it stays fun. And then there's a ramp up where you just kind of throw your hands up and you go, well, F this. Right. And I, I this, this hit the, well, F this for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I don't have anything to disagree with, with that. Um, one thing before we kind of talk about your quote unquote TPK is the setting. So the setting in, in Bloodborne is the city of Yarnum, which is this 
terrible version of Prague, but um, in this, the the setting is hella weird, and you're allowed to make it whatever kind of thing you did. So, what did you think about? I, I'm not experienced running horror, horror like um, uh, something truly, truly oppressive. Um, did you feel like I did a good job? Um, setting the tone or anything. I I feel like you and I had talked about this, but I feel like I kind of defer to um, gross out <laughs> horror a lot. And I don't know if that's a strength or a weakness that I do that all the time, but I was just curious, like as a player in a session that was nominally a horror session, like what, what did you think about my ability to do that? I grew up in the eighties with eighties movies and eighties horror, which, which, I mean, there was a lot of gross out stuff. I could I could describe scene after scene in movies where like monsters blow up or people get liquefied or whatever. And yeah. having grown up with that experience of horror, everything you did seemed in line. Like I, I saw in the notes that that was it a creative issue that that gross out horror is kind of a recurring theme for you? And I guess not because of the era of horror movie that I grew up with, where I I didn't even really notice. Okay. Um, but the setting I did really like. Um, it's it's a shame we didn't have fun with this because, as a technical writer, my my degree is in English specifically in technical writing. As a technical writer, this is an excellent document. Yeah, and I know I've written documents as a technical writer for work, not for gaming, that people don't engage with correctly, and then they have a bad experience with it, and then they're done with that document, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's a, it's it's heartbreaking, and I'm a little heartbroken for this author that we didn't have a great experience with their work, but. Having said that, the setting I thought was really fun. The character creation was interesting and, and evocative. And the the character, the the awakening is what the character creation section is called. Um, and it, it evokes the world. And you did a great job of evoking the world. And I expected Castlevania before we started playing. But then when we started playing, because I was part of this whole like team of hunters and I could go back to the hunter's lair and kind of gear up and I ran into another fellow hunter, it wound up really feeling like Underworld to me. And <laughs> roll your eyes at me if you like, listener at home, but I really enjoyed the Underworld series. Yeah, I could, I, I, We should come out and say that we are both defenders of 4th edition D&D and the Underworld uh, saga. Yes. We both enjoy them. So uh, as a fan of Underworld, like I, I had a good time with that. And, and that one hunter that I encountered on the stairs where she had previously been attempting to, to take this, this evil on or this issue on, that was fun. Um, there, was, there was so much here that, that could have worked. I just, I really think that we could have fixed this if I had chosen the high prowess build and if maybe I had either run two characters or had maybe twice as many moves or something to make up right. for the lack of another character. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not swearing off the system. I would still like to try and play it with um, a group of Bloodborne fans. A group, I should say. Um, because it would... I think it would be a better experience than what we had. I was Again, I'm, I'm trying to fit a square peg into a round hole here. And we neither of us had played this system or anything, so I'm not like, you know, poo-pooing either of us on this. Like we were, oh, tr yeah. we tried something out and it didn't work, and it uh, it had ended in a TPK, which means, uh, you know, in a one-on-one -on -one game, that means you died. And you can't love every session. You you have to have some misses. If you don't have misses, 
I think there's a school of thought where you get good enough where you stop having misses. And I think I have a different school of thought, which is if you don't have misses, you're not stretching yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not, we're, you're not trying new things. This was a new thing for both of us. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, I think this new thing would make me better at other new things. Um, despite the fact that I think it could be so good and I would give advice to others running it to, to make some different choices. Um, because of my bad experience, I also don't think I'm terribly interested in giving it a second shot myself because there's so sure. many, there's so many other fish in the sea as far as games go. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a hard, uh, it's a hard market. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, in a one-on-one game, you know, when, uh, when you go down, there's no unconscious there's you're, you're dead. There's no one else to help you out. Right. And <laughs> I slight spoiler. I don't think we had a, a TPK, so to speak in any other games that we played. Right. Not- I, we got close but we've gotten close yeah you you were close to dying in a game that i ran and i was close to dying in a game that you ran where it was like um barely made some rolls to get out of that but this was a tpk and i'll be honest tanner when we were uh, both (laughs) when it happened we were both like yeah okay yeah yeah (laughs) that's 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 over with yeah because i i could see in your face you were like maybe and i'm like no And, and you were like no this is it's over yeah yeah like i said i don't want to i this is a like you said this is an awesome technical document i applaud the guy for making this i do want to play it again um with some bloodborne fans and a group of them yeah and i think um i saw on the itch uh the store page for this that they were planning on um releasing an expansion of some sort so i would definitely be interested in checking that out and um i think you should go on itch and you should take risks on um small indie rpgs that maybe aren't necessarily in your wheelhouse sometimes they're hits sometimes they're misses um but you know i think that you should support these creators who are trying to do new and cool things and uh and stretch your own legs a little bit too absolutely but yeah check it out see if it's for you and um we will be back next time talking about something a little bit more traditional where we're going back to our favorite burger place next time so to speak absolutely all right thank you for listening people call them postmortems, evaluations appraisals reviews retrospectives we call them lessons learned and we're sharing ours with you